everyone. Welcome to another episode of For Light and Life. I'm your host, Lucy, and today is another exciting chapter of The Things We Find. If you have not yet heard chapter one, you should definitely go listen to that episode or you'll be very confused. But I will also do a summary of the story thus far, so we're all on the same page. First, quick reminder that in case you have somehow not watched the VCU before coming here, you should go watch it. There's a link in the description to this 100% Empire Radio community-made Star Wars fan film. It's such a fun and beautiful project. Also, go follow Addie's podcast, The Jedi Archives, if you haven't already. She is the GOAT. Her episodes release every Friday now with awesome Star Wars and personal content. Last episode, I asked you all what your thoughts were on Chapter 1. Jonathan left such a nice message. You two are clearly very talented and have an enviously bright future. Your work did not disappoint. Keep it up. Embrace your passion. I have no doubt success will be yours for the taking. Thank you so much, Jonathan. I know Addie and I both really appreciate your kind words and your support. Dave says, That's awesome. Good job to both of you. You are super talented. If you ever want to illustrate this project, hit me up. I would love to animate some of these scenes. Thank you, Dave. Again, we appreciate this so much. We were both very excited to see this because once Dazdor has illustrated something for you, you've made it. I know you've got another project to finish first, so please work on that. But we can't wait to see how awesome these turn out when you get to them. Now, to summarize what happened in Chapter 1, in case you need a refresher, we are introduced to Norlin Faith Fett, a 13-year-old Resistance member who was caught by the First Order alongside her brother figure, Poe Dameron, while trying to get part of the map to Luke Skywalker from Lor Santeca. Force Awakens overlap there. Thankfully, she was rescued by Lucy Vink, who is a 17-year-old member of the Resistance, formerly a Mandalorian. On the way out, a familiar stormtrooper named Finn helps them out and joins the Resistance. We were also introduced to Cameron Cam Sambor, a Resistance engineer who loves Nora and kinda hates Lucy. Now, we pick up as Lucy tries to give General Leia Organa a mission report. We do have our chapter content warning here. I promised I would do it last episode, then literally forgot to do it. We've got bullying, mentions of death, physical fighting, and some blood, but nothing graphic. Again, this book is overall rated heavy PG. Do with this information what you will. Finally... Addie and I do not own Star Wars or any of its existing characters, places, plot, etc. But the original characters here are the intellectual property of me and Addie. With that out of the way, let's transition into Chapter 2. Chapter 2. Reunion. General Ghana's busy. Lieutenant Lowe barked. The Twi'lek woman's face was set in a cold, rigid line as she blocked the door into the general's chambers. Find someone else to bother. Lucy was out of luck. She had crossed her fingers in the hope that the much friendlier guard, Louise, was on duty that day. But instead, she was face to face with a person who hated her as much as everyone else in the base combined. Please, Lieutenant, I have a report to give and I need to tell her something. It'll only take a minute. Light footsteps trod across the hallway to the arguers. Let her pass, Lieutenant. Nora's voice piped up as she looked at Lo. Leia will want to know I'm okay. 
Lo looked at Nora, her eyes softening marginally as she stepped away from the entrance. Fine, go on and bank. Lucy gave Nora a reluctant nod of thanks as the girl smiled and continued down the hallway. She started to step forward when something cold and hard made contact with her side. Lucy stiffened, feeling Lo's breath near her ear. Don't think she's always going to show up and get you a pass. I've got my eyes on you, Tinbin. Lucy only barely flinched at the slang term for droids, a jab at her Mandalorian past. It wasn't the first time Lo had pulled a weapon on her, and it sure wasn't going to be the last at this rate. It wasn't anything to do but keep trying to prove she was trustworthy. The lieutenant nudged her towards the door with a blaster, and Lucy was happy to oblige. Leia was working quietly at her desk when Lucy slipped into the room. Looking up to see her visitor, the general smiled warmly. Well, hello, Lucy. What can I do for you? Good afternoon, General Organa. I just wanted to update you on the mission, if you have a minute. It can wait if you're busy. Nonsense. I'm all ears. True to her word, Leia set down the data pad and turned her full attention towards Lucy. She still didn't want to be disruptive by talking for too long, so she kept it quick. I was able to get Norlin and get out without too many complications. She'll be fine. We picked up a First Order deserter on the way out when he aided in the rescue. Leia's brow furrowed at that, but she kindly stayed silent. Lucy took a breath. But I have some bad news. I'm sorry, General. Poe didn't make it. Lucy almost wished she hadn't said anything about Poe when Leia's expression crumbled into one of despair. The elderly woman rested her elbows on the desk and dropped her head into her hands. Shoulders instinctively tensing, Lucy lowered her gaze to the ground. When Leia finally spoke, her voice was rough. He was one of the best pilots we had, a vital member to the Resistance and a good friend. May you rest at peace in the Force. Thank you for telling me. And that was Leia Organa. She didn't lash out at Lucy for not acting faster. She wasn't bitter. She grieved at the loss of a friend and accepted it. How's Nora taking it? Leia asked with concern. Lucy held in her sigh. She had a hard time at first, but I think she'll be fine. What are your orders for the deserter? Tell me this first. Did Nora give him a name? Leia asked with a small smile pressed onto her face. Yep. Of course she did. I partly raised her, you know. Leia partly raised Lucy, too, but that wasn't relevant. Orders, sir. Leia gave some instructions on where to send Finn throughout the base and where he could stay. Also, your brother has been trying to call you for the past couple of days. I suggest you do not keep him waiting any longer. With a crisp nod and a respectful general, Lucy made her way out of the chamber doors and back toward the tech garage, wondering why Dakai would call her so soon. It had only been a little over a week since their last discussion. After Lucy helped Finn get things sorted out, she made the trek to her quarters for the first time since she left the mission. It was just like any other dorm in the base, with gray walls, an off-white desk, and a small twin bed with white sheets and a black comforter. In all her years with the Resistance, she had only added a couple personalizations, such as a few blaster cases and a medium-sized hollow projector. Lucy set her blaster on the regulation desk and walked over to the large disc. A couple of clicks of a button sent a crackling, blue-tinted image of her brother springing to life. Lucy, there you are. I've been calling you for days. Dakai complained. He reached up and attempted to flatten a cowlick of his thick, dark hair. I was on a mission. You can't expect me to put down my blaster and chat during a firefight. Dakai chuckled and shook his head. I guess I can't. 
How did it go? Talk to me. Lucy tried, really tried to keep the tension out of her voice. Fine. It was fine. A success. On the other end of the line, her brother paused. Something wrong? Yes. No. Poe's dead. She was a little scared of how bluntly she said the words. She wasn't so closed off that she didn't care about death, was she? You don't have to worry about him showing up and annoying you anymore. Dakai winced at that, brows drawing together in concern. I'm sorry about that. Of course I'm not glad he's gone. I know you two are friends. Allies at best. Okay, something's definitely wrong. What happened to my cheerful, stubborn little sis? Lucy crossed her arms and studied the wall behind the hollow projector. She kept her tone clipped. No one could use her emotion against her if she didn't show any. Why did you call me? I wanted to check in, Dakai said. The last time we talked, you seemed stressed. I'm glad I did call, because it seems to be escalating. I'll come over for a visit. No! Lucy slammed her fist onto the nearby desk. I'm fine. Everything's just fine. Don't come over. Luce, you're scaring me. I can take a few days off of work, help you get to the bottom of whatever's happening. I'll be there as soon as I can. Dakai, don't you dare! Hang in there, okay? I miss you. Over and out. You are not! The hollow projector fizzled out and Lucy slumped onto the bed. It had been four years since either of them had said the rare three-word phrase to each other. At least it was consistent. She was starting to think no one would ever say those words to her again. Suddenly, she heard a knock on the door. Who is it? Lucy asked sternly. Miss Lucy, it's Nora. You seemed kind of mad earlier, so I wanted to check up on you. I'm fine, Lucy called back, letting a touch of irritation slip into her tone, in case her visitor was the type to be easily intimidated. No such luck. No, you're not. I can tell something's up. Please just come out and let me see if you're injured. Lucy sighed, knowing the young girl would not leave her alone until she knew Lucy was okay. Begrudgingly, she walked up to the door and hit the button to open it. A round, bright face stared back at her. Hi. Nora replied sincerely. I, um, brought you something to eat. Nora held out a small bag, and Lucy took it from her. It's just some bread, cheese, and a maloon from a garden on the roof. Lucy opened the bag and took out the maloon run before taking a bite. It was the best-tasting melon she'd ever had. It was sweet like any old maloon run, but this one was different. It was more tart. Thanks, Lucy replied coldly. Look, Miss Lucy, I know how people have been treating you, and I just wanted to say, well, I hate to say this, but they suck! No one should ever be treated like that just because of their mistakes or their culture. I would never treat you or anyone like that. But if I could give you some advice? If you must. Maybe if you tried opening up to people and letting them see the true you, then maybe they won't treat you as harshly. Look, can I just come inside so we can talk in private? Nora asked. Lucy thought for a second before stepping inside and letting the young girl in, shutting the door behind her. Look, I trust you enough to tell you this, but you cannot tell anyone, do you understand? Lucy was shocked at seeing this new side to the sweet girl she had saved. She nodded her head in wary agreement. Good, because if any word got out about what I'm about to tell you to the First Order, let's just say that this war is not going to end very soon. Nora gave out a shaky breath before continuing. Okay, I'm Force-sensitive. What? 
Of all the possible secrets Nora could have revealed, Lucy had anticipated this one the least. Force sensitives were about as rare as cloudy days on Tatooine. The only living ones she knew of were Kylo Ren and General Organa. And then again, she'd spent a majority of her life between Mandalore and the Resistance base, so maybe she didn't have a great range of data. Yeah, I know. When I was captured, I was so worried that the First Order would find out and try to use me. But I don't think they did. And look, I even have a lightsaber. Nora pulled out a pretty copper hilt with engraved silver designs all over it. She pushed a round button on the side, and in a flash, a pure stream of white light came forth from its base. See? Though she would never admit it, Lucy's jaw might have dropped a couple inches. She had only heard stories of such weapons, usually in a context such as, And that was when the Jedi breathed his final breath, and your great-great-great-great-great-aunt victoriously claimed a saber and earned a nice sack of riches on the black market. The Mandalorian's war with the Jedi was a topic that never strayed far from anyone's mind when Lucy was a kid. None of the stories had mentioned the pulsing energy she felt Smorton saw, or the concentrated light that seemed smug as it blinded a viewer's retinas. Nora deactivated the lightsaber and placed it back to its spot on the side of her belt. And you want to know what the designs are made of? Beskar. Took me two years to find enough. You're probably wondering why I choose to make it out of Beskar, aren't you? Not really, but I guess you're about to tell me. Nora shot her an exasperated look. It's because of my family heritage. My grandfather is Boba Fett. He's a Mandalorian, like you. So I guess that makes me one too. I'm just like you, but a little more open about stuff. Lucy laughed at this. Not humorously, never humorously. I'd say there's a little more to it than that. Everyone loves you. Most people don't know I'm a Mandalorian. And not everyone. People love you too. Lucy just rolled her eyes and exhaled sharply. Nora really didn't get it. No one did. Yeah, no. People like you, at least. General Organa likes you. Paige and Rose like you. Poe liked you. I like you. But as I keep saying, so many more people would see you for you if you just took down your fans. Lucy shot her a quizzical expression. My what? It's like you have a fence all around yourself. If you opened up the gate and showed some emotion once in a while, you know, people would understand. That's not gonna help. It'll just make things worse, Lucy said stubbornly. This was her problem, and it was up to her to deal with it. Nora hesitated, then shrugged. Okay, well, it's your choice. Just throwing it out there. She looked over her shoulder. I have to get back to the med bay. See you around? Fine, I guess. With the wave, the young girl went on her way. Lucy closed the door and shook her head. This didn't change anything. She was still trapped in this cage of her own making, still fighting to stay above the roiling waves like she always had been. There was no raft for her this time. Lucy was in the hangar, working on the usual repairs and updates to the Oath, when she heard a voice behind her. So, how can I help? She spun around, letting her hands holding the tools drop to her sides. She already knew who it was, but seeing his face made her even more annoyed. I told you not to come! I don't need someone to check on me! It's a two-way agreement. I check on you, you check on me. And stop pretending you're fine. Dakai crossed his arms, his Mandalorian helmet gripped in his right hand. You're only gonna make things worse. 
Lucy hissed, dragging him behind the ship. First of all, take off that armor. What? Why? Dekai protested. I thought you liked it. That's not the point. Others won't. Your best chance is to look as normal as possible. Better yet, get back on your ship and go. I'm not leaving until I know you're okay. Did something happen to you? Did a mission go wrong? Lucy looked around. The hangar was mostly deserted, except for a few mechanics, but she wasn't taking any chances. If we must discuss this at all, we'll do it in my quarters. Hurry up before someone sees you, and let me do the talking if someone does. She grabbed her brother's hand and pulled him behind her, walking as fast as she could in the direction of her room. Unfortunately, Cam happened to be gliding out of the tech center just as they marched by. His scowl deepened considerably when he saw Dekai. Bringing more friends to our base, Vink. The other traitors weren't enough. Lucy kept walking. Just my visiting brother. Oh, great. There's two of you now. She gritted her teeth and pulled Dekai faster. They made it inside her quarters without any other incidents, thankfully, and Lucy immediately took her brother's helmet and deposited it on the floor by the desk. Take your armor off, she ordered again. Anything recognizably Mandalorian, it's bad enough you're here at all. Why? What aren't you telling me, sis? And what the heck happened back down the hallway? That was just Cam. Not the least friendly face you'll find here. He doesn't like me. Dekai frowned, though Lucy noted he begrudgingly started unfastening his van braces. Then he clearly doesn't know you. No one knows me here, Dekai. And no one likes me a great deal either. I'm really trying to be patient here. Why? Just tell me what's going on with you. Fine! Lucy grabbed the van brace out of his hand and threw it down next to the helmet. Almost everybody here hates me because I... I used to be a Mandalorian. That and because I brought Colonel Doss into the base without knowing he was a First Order spy. They don't trust me and they're not gonna trust you. You want me to be safe? Don't ever come here again! You being here only makes them more angry. She was breathing hard, staring at her clenched fists instead of Dekai's face. A gloved hand reached over and closed gently around her own. I'm sorry. It's not fair. You're the most resistancy person I know. I'm not kidding. If anyone deserves to be here, it's you. And I'm sorry these knuckleheads can't see that. Have you talked to anyone about it? Lucy involuntarily snorted. Oh, that's right. You're you. You haven't told anyone. There's no point. No one would care. And General Organa doesn't need to get involved with this. People won't change just because she tells them to be nicer. I don't need a mother- She stopped herself from saying the word and took a different route. I don't need to be the teacher's pet. Then you could quit. I'm not quitting. Nikai chuckled. Thought not. So are you just going to keep living like this, or are you going to stand up for yourself? Lucy was saved from answering when a chime sounded over the loudspeaker. Dinner time. Please tell me you're not hungry. I'm not hungry, Dekai said immediately. His eyes said it all. She groaned. Yeah, you're hungry. Fine, hurry up and take the rest of that armor off, and then we'll be very quick and grab something from the mess. And remember, I'm in charge. Yes, sir. He pretended to salute her. I said hurry. Sorry, sorry. Dekai looked normal enough in his brown tunic and pants, but Lucy knew just being associated with her would be enough to upset people. It didn't help that they had the same hair and eyes, either. They would just have to grab something and go. 
Just copy what I'm doing, Lucy whispered over her shoulder. She grabbed a tray and got into line. When she reached the food, she took a ration bar, a spoonful of some great pasty substance, and a blue fruit from the bar. She heard Dakai doing the same behind her. So far, so good. They walked over to a black device where Lucy refilled her water canteen. Dakai followed suits. She gave him an approving nod, then turned around to find herself face-to-face with Lieutenant Lowe herself. That was not good. Finally found yourself a buddy, Vink. Lowe didn't carry a tray of food. Her blaster was still in its holster at her side. Her piercing green eyes glanced between Lucy and Dakai a few times, before a slow smirk crept across her face. Hmm. Or traitor's brother. Tis tis. Yakai never learned from their mistakes, do you, Tinbin? What did you call her? Lucy could practically feel Dakai's anger radiating off of him. Don't, she muttered at him. She's not worth it. Lo laughed, dark and sickly sweet. I'm not worth it, dear, if that's true. Then you're worth less than nothing. You can fake it all you want, but no one takes you seriously. You're just a burden to their assistance. Shut up, Dakai shouted. That was the wrong thing to say. The lieutenant's smirk morphed into a sneer, and quick as a flash, she punched a bony fist into Lucy's gut. Lucy grunted and fell backwards, gripping her stomach in pain. It was times like this that she wished she still had armor. In her anger, she may or may not have intentionally flicked her tray towards her attacker on the way down, and Akai may or may not have copied that too. That was enough to send the entire mess hall into war. Nor listened in fascination to Cam's description of one of his latest ideas. If his beacon could really work, the Resistance could track ships through hyperspace and catch the First Order spies who would have otherwise escaped. They could turn the whole tide of the fight, and Nor's friend would have made it possible. Suddenly, a shout rang out from across the mess. Nor looked over to see a crowd forming over by the water station, seemingly very riled up by something. She had only seen a few fights break out among the Resistance members in her time there, and they usually ended pretty quickly. She caught a cry of, Tin Bin! over the general roar, and her heart sank. Before Cam could stop her, Nora jumped up and raced over to the mob. Stop! she shouted, trying to push her way forward. Stop fighting! Don't hurt her! A hand circled around her wrist, and she tried to shove it off. Nora, let's go. You're just going to get yourself in trouble. You don't need to get involved. But they're angry at Lucy! Nora cried, struggling against Cam's grip. Just for being a Mandalorian! Cam managed to pull her out of the crowd and back to a less crowded corner. Well, that's her fight then. It doesn't matter. It doesn't concern you. Nora lowered her voice. But I'm a Mandalorian too. Would you help me if it was me they were fighting? You're different. Cam said. No one would be mad at you in the first place. You're a nice Mandalorian. Besides, people hardly ever get killed in these things. A laser went off somewhere in the crowd, and Nora heard several screams, including her own. Well, sometimes. Cam amended. I know this is upsetting. Here, I'll take you back to my workshop. It'll be peaceful there. Not when someone else is getting hurt! Finally, the sound Nora had been waiting for came. Everyone, I command you to stop! 
General Argonis stern pale blue voice filled the room as three guards came running to separate the crowd. I am ashamed of you. All of you! As people started backing away, Dora caught a glimpse of her friend. Lucy was on the ground, bruises littering her face. There was someone behind her, too. A young man in equally poor shape. That was all she got before Cam was leading her away. Wait! Nora let go of Cam's head and ran to help Lucy. Are you okay? She asked. Oh yeah, just peachy. What do you think? Lucy barked before she let out a groan in pain. One, maybe two of your ribs are broken. We need a stretcher! Nora called out. Beside Lucy, the man looked puzzled. I'm sorry, who are you? I'm Nora, a friend of Lucy's. Kind of. And you said no one liked you. He said, a thread of vibrant orange twining through his tees. And who are you? Nora asked back. Dakai, brother to this bundle of sunshine. He looked his thumb towards Lucy. Not the time! Lucy snapped. She started to shift positions, then hissed through her teeth. I didn't know you had a brother, Nora said, starting to see the similarities in their dark brown hair and curve of their chins. Lucy muttered something under her breath that Nora couldn't hear but made Dakai wince. Just then, a couple of medics arrived with two stretchers. They managed to load Lucy and Dakai onto the fabric and started towing them away. I need two batty tanks up and running in the next hour. Let's move, people! Nora called to the medics as they walked off. Nora lagged behind the group as her sort of friend and her sort of friend's brother exited the room. She wanted to stay directly by their side the whole way, but she got the impression that they would be arguing the whole time with or without her presence. With a quick goodbye, Cam separated from the group to return to his workstation, leaving Nora to take charge of the situation as they were inside the pristinely silent med bay. She grabbed a data pad from the charging station and cleared her throat. How are the tanks doing? I said I need them done within the hour. Almost done, sir. A brown-haired medic replied. One of the perks of being head junior medic of the resistance was the respect from the other staff, which Nora had only recently gained after overseeing a few vital surgeries. Good. Do you have the sedatives? Nora asked as she walked up to the bed Lucy was laying on. Being prepared, sir. Nora nodded her head in response. I can work with that. Lucy muttered something else, and this time Nora called her out on it. What did you say? I don't like the med bay, Lucy said louder. Well, you should be out soon. Just hang on. We're a little short on pain meds at the moment, but the sedatives should do the job while we do some scans. This was met with a scowl from Lucy. I can handle it. I don't need a sedative. That's not what you said five minutes ago, Nora reminded her, taking two syringes the older woman held out to her. This will make everything easier for all of us. You have nothing to prove to us by not accepting help. Of all things, this seemed to get through to the young woman. She bit her lip and after a moment of hesitation, grumbled her agreement. After administering the medicine to both siblings, Nora declared, Now this should knock you out by the time we get the tanks ready. What do you mean, should? Lucy asked sternly. There's no way of telling how long it will take for the sedatives to work. It mostly just depends on how long it takes for your body to respond to them. Nora glanced at the snoring man on the cot next to Lucy and laughed. Well, that was quicker than expected.
You better be right about this, kid. Lucy said with a yawn before slipping into unconsciousness. Nora smiled. I guess I was. Sir, the tanks are ready. A medic with auburn hair announced as he approached the group. Not a moment too soon. Thanks, Asher. Now I'll need a hand getting them into the tanks. The five minutes helped Nora get the two onto the stretchers and into the back to room. Nora, satisfied that she had done her job, left the two medics to do their work. She decided to go harvest some of the melurans in her garden. Maybe Lucy would run another one when she came out of the bacta. She was surprised to find General Organa on the rooftop, surveying the growing plants. Oh, hello, Nora, Leia said, hands clasped behind her back. I'm sorry you had to see that fight in the mess. I hope Lucy and her brother will have a fast recovery. Nora walked up to Leia. Hi, Aunt Leah. Lucy will be fine. She'll still be the stubborn girl you've always known. She gave the elderly woman a small hug. I surely hope so. What with your skills and all? Leia replied, returning the embrace. I told her. Smiling affectionately, Leia remarked. I know. What do you mean? She came to me for information of sorts. She wanted to know more about your fed history. And what did you tell her? Nora asked as the two started walking. The truth. That you were raised by your grandfather until he went missing. And then you showed up here. Leia smiled at the young girl. Don't worry. I didn't tell her about your mother nor your father. That is for you to reveal when the time is right. Nora sighed. That's a relief. I don't think anyone would take me seriously if they found out. I doubt that would be the case. No one who knows you would think any less of you. And no one else should, either. But again, that's your choice to make. Nora's face lit up as she remembered something. Also, did you know about Lucy's brother, Dakai? I never really knew she had one. Has he come here before? Well, that is also her choice to tell you. All I can say is I wish more people were empathetic towards her. If they knew, I don't think anyone could fault her. Of course, knowing living beings, someone will always refuse to see the truth inside others. Leia sighed and shook her head. Okay. I guess you'll have to tell me when she's ready. Nora smiled just as she heard the buzz of her calm. Faithful 90 here, she replied as she pressed the button to activate the device. Sir, the team from Mission Katniss 21 are back, but in bad shape. We need you in the med bay pronto. I'm on my way. Nora deactivated her calm. I'm sorry, Aunt Leah, but I have to go. Jack's team just got back. Go on, my dear. Make sure those troops are fixed up. Nora gave her final goodbye before leaping down the stairs. Okay, what was so important you had to stop me from taking care of my plants? Nora asked as she walked into the med bay. Nora stopped in her tracks, stunned at what she saw before her. The five men of the Star Collector's team were laying on separate beds, each having severe injuries. Nora knew the group well. The team leader, Jack, was a big help in a time of need. The team consisted of Leo Hart, Eli Mark, Cooper Winston, and Jason Sindula, and of course, the leader, Jack Lee. Nora had become close to the team in the short time she had been their medic a year ago. After she moved out of the team, they made her an honorary member, swearing to keep each other safe. 
Okay, we'll need to move fast if we're gonna save them. Someone hand me my gloves! Nora demanded as she walked up to one of the men. Only two of the five men were awake when Nora started working. Nora, is that you? Eli asked, half asleep. Hey, Al. Yeah, it's me. You're gonna be okay. Nora had to blink rapidly to clear her vision of the blurry tears. You've gotten so big. How old are you, like, 21? <laughs> this made Nora laugh. Shut up, you idiot. Suddenly, she heard Cooper's heart monitor give out an all-too-familiar frantic beeping sound. No, 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 no! Nora ran as fast as she could to the bed he was laying on. He's lost too much blood. Someone help me stop the bleeding! Nora looked over to Cooper's body, trying to find where the red pool was coming from. After a few moments, she found the source. The majority of the blood is coming from the cut on the leg. We need to disinfect it immediately. Nora and the others' medics moved frantically to get Cooper's leg to stop bleeding. It took them several hours, but after endless panic treatments, they succeeded. Letting out a sigh, Nora began to take off her gloves. The others only have minor injuries. Let's get to work, boys. It's going to be a long night. Like I said last week, chapter two is where the action really starts to pick up, and that it did. Time for brief author thoughts with Lucy. The idea that Leia just stepped in to be Lucy's rebel mom is so sweet. She gives Lucy her full attention, she doesn't get angry at her, propose death, it's great. However, she keeps bringing up Nora, and Lucy's like, I'm an attention-deprived teenager, please stop talking about her and just spend time with me. Which, honestly, relatable. Also, I love my post-production calmling sound effect. It is a pathway to an amount of joy that someone considered to be unnatural. The sibling call scene is so fun, and Lucy's bluntness about death here is definitely a reoccurring theme, so keep an eye out for that, just a hint. And in case you missed it, at the very end of the call, Lucy reflects that no one has said I love you to her for four years. If that isn't the saddest paragraph in the book so far, I don't know what is. Moving right along, I love the details about the Mandalorian's war with the Jedi and the lightsaber sound effect in the background, which, fun fact, was recorded from the lightsaber Addy got specifically for Nora's character. More conflicting cam actions. There is this particular quote he tells Nora, insert the clip, You're different. No one would be mad at you in the first place. You're a nice Mandalorian. 1. Is he suggesting that it's Lucy's fault she's getting beat up? Because that sounds an awful lot like victim blaming. And 2. Calling Nora a nice Mandalorian is a reference to people in Earth society who put a whole group of human beings in a negative light, and when one of them defies that stereotype, mark them as being the one exception to that quote-unquote evil. Newsflash! Maybe that whole group of people is actually mostly great, just like every other group of people, and you're the problem for stereotyping them in the first place. Also, instead of telling you what Lucy mutters after Nora says, I didn't know you had a brother, I'm gonna leave that up to your imaginations. But at least in mine, it's a big oof. I hope you enjoyed the continuation of the story. Next week is one of my personal favorite chapters in the book, so make sure you tune in for that. We did not get any voicemails this week, and we're not releasing Drabbles at this time, so let's wrap up the episode.
If you have any thoughts about this episode, you want to contact me, or you just have a minute to help the show grow, here are some ways you can do so. You can send me an email through my fan email, which is for lightandlife.podcast at gmail.com. This is great if you have something you want to tell me, but for whatever reason, you can't send in a voicemail. That being said, you can absolutely send me a voicemail. I would love to hear from you. There's a link in the description for that. As long as it is family-friendly and you have not specifically asked me not to, then I will play it on the show. Please leave a rating and a review wherever you listen. This helps when people come over and find the podcast. Go ahead and follow the show if you like these sort of episodes. comes out every Sunday. Finally, please share the show with your community so our community can grow. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I'm Lucy, and let's look for the light in life in our world together.